Great to see all of you. Thank you for your heart to worship. And as I look across here, I see Pastor Barry Simon's mother. And I want you to stand and let this whole church honor you. We love you and love your family. It is a privilege to have you in church with us today. We have two more weeks in this series on the parallel tracks. And I want to make the most of it. I tell you, we had a stirring work of the Lord in our early service. And I am believing for the same Now, are you ready for God's word? Okay, I want it to be stronger because you got to engage with this. Are you ready to receive from him? Why don't you give the Lord a great praise right now because he's the one who's worthy. Yes, he is. Life runs on parallel tracks. It's not waves of good and evil. It's parallel tracks. We're dealing with challenges and successes simultaneously. Therefore, we have to make some choices. We talked about choosing joy. Choosing prayer that would lead to the promise of peace. I want to talk to you today out of Philippians 4.4. It's one of the most amazing verses. It's coming on the screen. And I want us to read it together out loud. Here we go. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Now let's put the exclamation mark on the end of it. Say it one more time. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Paul wrote this from a prison in Rome. So he is in a tough circumstance. He is chained to palace guard 24 hours a day. And out of his heart is coming this thank you letter to the Philippians. He had started a church there. Remember the way the church started. He and Silas, they go into this city, into the temple, which was their custom to preach the gospel. That created persecution. One of the distractions was this demon-possessed girl who was mocking their ministry. Paul prays, lays hands on that little girl, and she is delivered from the possession. But that affects negatively the income of her slave owners. And so they have Paul and Silas thrown into prison. Before they're thrown into prison, Acts 16 says they were severely beaten. The jailer was told, whatever you do, don't let them escape. So in Acts 16, it says the jailer took them and put them in the inner lower dungeon of the prison. It was like the worst circumstance imaginable. He fastened their feet in the stocks. So now you have Paul and Silas who are bloody and beaten, obviously hurting beyond uh, imagined from that situation, now fastened in the prison. And the Bible says, and at midnight they prayed... And sang praise to God. As a result, the earth shook. There was an earthquake. And the prison doors opened. And the chains of every prisoner fell off. And the jailer took his own sword to take his life because this had happened on his watch. But Paul stops him. And the jailer ends up being saved. And the Bible says also his household. It's not a fable. This is a real story. And when you get to heaven, you can meet the jailer. And when you meet the jailer, he can introduce you to his wife, his kids, even his extended family because they all got saved. And the church of Philippi was started. So you cannot remove the dynamic influence of worship from the beginning of this church. You cannot take this verse and remove it from the context of a man who knows what it is 
to rejoice intentionally and to rejoice with an intensity. When he's in Rome and he's writing back to this Philippian church, he is telling them, rejoice. That means worship God intentionally. Write that down somewhere. Worship him intentionally. There was nothing of Paul's circumstance in that Philippian jail that would have provoked worship. There was nothing in the Roman prison that would have provoked rejoicing. So he's saying, your worship has to be intentional. Then he adds the word rejoice a second time. And there he's saying, let it rise to the measure of your circumstance. If you're under a lot of pressure, then intensify the praise. Be intentional and let it be intense. Because when worship rises, hope rises. When worship rises, things happen. Put on the garment of praise. That's an intentional attitude for the spirit of heaviness. The oppressive hand of the enemy that often gets on us because of circumstance is removed when we are intentional about worshiping God. Because when worship rises, things happen. If you believe it, give the Lord a praise right now. Just act on that in faith. Be intentional. Did you hear the lady out of Song of Solomon? She burst out of her home saying, Have you seen him who was peering in my window? Have you seen him in whom my soul loves? She goes to the watchman. Watchman, have you seen him? I've got to find him. She broke her cycle of rest. She broke out of her comfort zone because she realized she had a desire. And if she was going to find his glory, she had to be intentional and intense. In the Holy of Holies, there is no place to sit because worship was not to be occasional. It was to be continual. And I know in praying for all of us this week, the Lord made it clear to me that when worship is not occasional with us, but intentional, intense, and continual, when worship becomes the air we breathe, it will provoke a profession of faith that says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. For my God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Those two verses, I can do all things and my God shall supply, are also in Philippians 4. They come in the context of a man who is determined to praise God. And when we worship, hope rises until we have a perspective that says, I'm going to make it. I can do all things for my God shall supply all of my needs. I find John, he's been exiled exiled to an island where there's nothing but slave labor. They tried to kill him, but God kept raising him back up. So now he's on Patmos where he will ultimately die of starvation. And so he's in the worst place of his life. And in that circumstance, John says, and I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. You have to be intentional in your worship When you're in a circumstance like that. And in the spirit with that intentional heart to worship. He made the greatest discovery of his life. He received a vision of Jesus. 
a vision of heaven, and a vision of end-time events. And out of his worst circumstance came the book of Revelation. Things happen when we worship. You can find Isaiah distraught and grieving because King Uzziah had died. And he darted to the temple because his heart was troubled. He entered the temple, which was the context and place of worship. And there, the glory of God filled that place. And Isaiah says his glory is everywhere. Isaiah discovered a God who would roll back the curtain between the natural and the supernatural, even in the toughest of times. For in his grief, he saw God. When he was uncertain because the king was dead and the throne was not occupied, he received a vision of God who was seated on a throne as the sovereign, as the one who was and always would be in control. When we worship with intentionality and intensity, things happen. You know what I'm talking about. You know what it is to worship and you suddenly discover you're not alone. You know what I'm saying? Like maybe in the middle of the night you're awakened because of the challenges and you're just worried and your mind is racing and you make a choice to orient your heart to God. There's no music playing. You just decide to worship. And suddenly you know, down in your heart, you're not alone because things happen. When you're intentional with your worship, it aligns you with the social order of heaven. For the Bible says that the angels and the elders and the nations are forever around the throne of God declaring his praise that he and he alone is worthy to receive that praise and when we begin to praise we join in that ongoing flow of worship to the lamb of God slain from the foundation of the world come on and put your heart into it he and he alone is worthy being intentional with our worship back to Paul As he worshiped at midnight, as in the darkest hour, when it was at its worst, here he was trying to plant a church. That's the good thing. But yet on this other side, he has been beaten within an inch of his life, and he's in stocks in the inner dungeon of that prison. And he decides to worship. And as he worships, the Bible says that the earth shook. An earthquake happened and prison doors. Now, imagine these steel bars composing these doors. They're fastened, and as the earth shook, the prison doors opened, and the chains of every prisoner fell off. Because when you worship, things start moving. Can I get an amen? Back to Isaiah, it says that when he was in the temple, in that moment that the king had died and he's troubled and grieving, it was in that moment that he also saw the Lord. Also. 
not instead of parallel tracks. Heart is broken because there's loss and uncertainty. He also simultaneously saw the Lord high and lifted up. The seraphim and the cherubim, they were echoing the word holy to the majesty of God. The glory of God filled the temple. And he writes that the doorpost started to shake. The doorposts. In Paul's prison, the prison doors opened and chains fell off. In Isaiah's temple, the doorposts started to shake. These things that are fixed, these things that, that are immovable. In the context of worship, things started moving. Structures that had been fixed for a long time suddenly gave way to the power and the glory of God. What am I saying? You may have been in a season and it seems fixed. It will never change. When you're struggling, it can provoke a negative confession. I can't do this. I can't make it. I'll not get over this. I'll never, I'll never really smile again. How would you ever process this? It seems fixed. There's no way out. And you can live in that negative confession. But when you worship intentionally, I feel something in my soul. When you worship intentionally, things that seemed as though they would never change start changing. Structures start changing. Unseen restrictions over your life set by the enemy are broken. Suddenly you get a breakthrough. You get a lift in your soul. And you start saying, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Something happens in your heart. I've been in places where motivational speakers were amazing and inspiring. Using that gift, that motivational gift. But I'm talking about something on a different level. I'm talking about spirit empowerment. I am talking about the work of the presence of God in response to an intentional worshiper. I am talking about the manifestation of God's power that comes when somebody says, I'm going to rejoice. Whether I have a reason or not. If there's nothing of the circumstance that's motivating worship, I'm going to worship him for who he is. And when you worship like that, something happens in your soul until your perspective changes. You say, you know what? I'm coming through this. I'm going to make it. I will overcome. It's not over. Oh no. I'm going to be better than I've ever been. I will be stronger. I will be successful. I'm going to be blessed. God is with me. God is for me. Devil, you are defeated. I have the cross, the blood, the word. My brothers and sisters, I have the spirit. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Come on and give him a praise this morning. He is worthy. What are we doing right now? We're putting on. We're putting on a garment of praise. We're putting it on. We're being intentional. We're going to worship him because he's worthy to receive our worship. There's Paul and the prison doors start opening. Amazing. And the chains fall off. I mean, these are prisoners. They're in prison for things they shouldn't have done. Paul hasn't broken any law. He's in prison for doing the will of God. And as he worships, 
he not only is set free, but everybody around him is set free. Because when you worship like that, it changes the atmosphere. It's setting the thermostat to God. When you worship, it not only does a work in your life, but it begins to move. And there are some other people. They're going to start walking in a victory and receive something from the Lord that they could never imagine. Because one person decided, I'm going to worship him. I'm going to be intentional. And I'm going to be intense. If God has done anything this year, it has brought us through a process over the whole subject and topic and, and value of worship. And if we will come in here and worship intentionally, whether we feel like it or not, whether the circumstance determines it or not, and if we will worship with intensity, we will change this atmosphere to God and anything is possible. Marriages can be healed. Sicknesses can be healed. Possession and addiction can fall off like the chains from the prisoners in accident. Can I get a witness in this room? I'm talking about a God who will show himself strong to those who will worship him. Worship him, a roar of worship, a determined worship, a passion in our worship to declare that he is God. When we don't understand, when we're hurting, when we're, when we're confused, we're going to worship him anyway. And then it says the jailer gets saved. Here is my vision as a follower of Jesus and as a pastor. It's to not tame down the worship so that the unbeliever would not be like freaked out. My passion is to intensify the worship. To be even more intentional with worship. Because when a confused, hurting person looks around at other people who are imperfect and also struggling. And yet they're finding a source and a resource as they open their heart. To God, they too will become thirsty for what we have. They too will become thirsty for that which is giving you some type of sustenance in your hour of need. Do you hear the Holy Spirit saying, church, the assembly, intentional with your worship and intensify your worship. Rejoice. And again I say, rejoice. Passion. Fire. Intentionality, intensity, passion for God. No one else walked into that place of Pilate's judgment hall and took the stripes for me. No one else took the nails and bore my sin and paid my debt but Christ and Christ alone. And there will be nothing this side of heaven that will get greater fire and passion from my heart than the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Now come on and give him a praise today. Yes, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on and give him a real praise today. Praise him when I feel like it. Praise him when I don't. Praise him in the morning and praise him in the evening. Praise him in the battle and praise him in the good times. I'm going to praise you. I'm going to praise you. I'm going to worship you. I'm going to break through. I'm going to put on the garment of praise. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You can remain standing. That's it. That's it. That's it. There's a breakthrough in this room. We praise you, Lord. In the Old Testament, there was a tribe by the name of Judah. And Judah was named Praise. And any time there was battle, they didn't send the crew that had the swords and the shields to be on the front line. No, they were behind Judah. They sent praise to be the front line. Now, I understand praising God when I've come out of the battle. I understand praising God when when the sun's shining again in my spirit. But sending praise as the attitude going into the battle, well, that takes intentionality. But it works. Oh, it works. I want to praise you, Lord. I want to watch Susie get into those times where she's just flowing in worship, just, just the skill God has given her, the gift God has given her, and then that anointing. But see, I know of how her father passed. How as a young lady, she had to process that. And so she's not just singing on key. That's the key of midnight. That's somebody that has learned how to praise him even though. Hallelujah. As a little boy, I'd often spend time with my memoir and I'd spend the night at her house. And I remember going to bed and all of a sudden she'd come running into the room where I was because I was on the floor crying because I had fallen out of the bed. She had hard wooden floors, not because they were popular. And she would say, Ronnie, are you okay? I'd say, I'm okay, my mom. I fell out of bed. She would pick me up, put me back in the bed. Well, I don't know how long it was. All I know is that she comes running back in there. I'm crying. I'm on the floor because I have fallen out of the bed again. And I remember she picked me up and I said, Mama, can you fix this? So I quit falling out of the bed. She said, yes. She goes, this is easy. You're just not getting in far enough. If you would get farther in the bed, you wouldn't fall out of the bed. If you'll let me tuck you into this bed, you won't fall out of the bed. And the Lord has rushed that back over my heart to say to us, if we'll go further into worship, if we'll get tucked into the presence of God, then we won't be so prone to fall out of love with Him fall out of a right perspective out of a right attitude out of a choice to pray out of a choice to to be joyful if we will get more into more tucked into find the secret place of the most high and abide under the shadow of the almighty if we would go I hear it I hear the Lord saying intensify intensify the worship 
intensify the worship of your heart and as you do you're coming in farther and you're going to get so tucked in the presence of God that you will walk in the spirit you will walk therefore in joy and victory and triumph you will overcome because things happen when you worship things start moving and chains start falling off and victory is given when you worship rejoice and again I say rejoice 